Hi, all, and welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson, and uh, we're recording this on a, the Tuesday morning of Thanksgiving week. So um, I'm sure we'll all have a lot to be grateful for, but I am certainly very grateful for Tracy Dietz and Dame It All to Hell. And I'm Tracy Dietz, and I'm so thankful for you. Happy <laughs> Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Week. Happy Turkey Week. And I'm actually not going to eat turkey. We're going to go to Joe's and have Thanksgiving dinner at Joe's because I want to eat crab. And my mother's <laughs> coming into town today and my kids are super excited and my kids want to go to Joe's. And we're very thankful that we are able to do that. It's very nice not to have to cook that meal. For those yeah. of you listening, um, you will have had your Thanksgiving meal yesterday. And for those of you that were the host and hostesses, basically you cooked for you know, roughly 18 hours and then ate for roughly 18 minutes, which I think is the craziest thing about Thanksgiving. But Correct. And your back's going to hurt and your knees are going to hurt because you so stood sleepy from for all 18 the, hours. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I hope you all are celebrating with loved ones and doing something um, thoughtful and taking a moment to breathe and um, enjoying the beginning of the holiday season. Although not for Tracy. She decorated her house for Christmas like a month ago. It was like a week ago and suck it two weeks ago. because I wasn't going to have time and I wanted the house decorated before my mom got here. What is the deal with decorating your house for Christmas for Thanksgiving? I just wanted it to look pretty. My house looks so much better when it's decorated. Like there's just lights everywhere and it just it feels good and you can bring out the like the um, – like the fresh balsam candles and uh -huh. then it smells like a Christmas tree, like a real Christmas tree because we don't get a real Christmas tree <laughs> because I don't want to damage the environment. <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> that is such bullshit. You have to cut down trees so new trees grow. Yes. Anyway, um, so happy Thanksgiving. So Tracy did all the heavy lifting today um, for what we're going to talk about and she crushed it. Aw, um, thanks. It's such a good mix of like all Just the stuff we talk shit. about. Yeah. Um, starting with a whole slew of women that um, – Skied for this is crazy. the better part of a year through Antarctica. So set us up, Tracy. Dietz. Not even just like skiing. Like they trekked across Antarctica. Like so it was the first. For 10 months in a row. <laughs> it was the first ever all-female expedition. And it basically broke all the gender norms. Um, historically, there have there's been evidence that women's bodies aren't as capable or don't, don't have the same level of endurance that men's bodies have. And you and I have talked a lot about men being stronger than women, and you're like, fuck you. Women can be just <laughs> as strong as men. Woman versus man, man's probably going to win. But in this instance, uh, the extreme physical activity that happened uh, to these women – um, with the appropriate level of training and participation, many of the previously reported negative health effects can totally be avoided. So we can go extreme exercise and go crazy and be totally fine. And in fact, I think if I read it right, there were elements of the way that the expedition um, took a toll on their bodies that were more sustainable than the way they would have taken a toll on men, in like including hormonally and stress related, which is funny because we're going to be talking about stress later and bone strength. Um, but I do think so. First of all, I think any buddy, man, woman or child that wants to spend 10 months dragging 170 pounds of something across Antarctica like that is a special person. Well, don't... It's a little crazy. And it's like it, there's all sorts of extreme sporting things like um, not marathon runners, ultra marathon runners. People well, there's that, like the 100 mile thing. Yeah. Didn't Shane iron, Greer just sign up for like a, something a silly. 90 silly. mile yeah. track or something? Um, so there is something about proving to yourself that your body is strong enough and capable enough to do something like that, like the the endorphins and the, the confidence um, 
And that sort of feeling of you can do anything comes from accomplishing physical goals, I feel like. Yeah. For me, that it does a little bit. Although my physical goals are like a 5K, so they're a little bit more. I just want to be strong. In case I ever get attacked, I can beat the fuck out of somebody. That's all. I, like, I just want to be able to take care of myself, be healthy, and live as long as possible. It, are, is that really all you want to be? I think that maybe you also um, like the way one – the way you uh, – appear when you're fit and strong. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to be fat, right? <laughs> like but but part of that also is I feel better when I am in better shape. Just yeah. physically like I think I everybody better. does. I think that's like a But the great th- thing. the other great thing about this article too was there's been a lot of conversations about men and women in the military mm-hmm. and whether or not, you know, women can carry a 200-pound man out of the woods, you know, like if they need to in the middle of like warfare, and I think this proves that <laughs> If they can carry a 170-pound sack for 10 months <laughs> in freezing temperatures across Antarctica, they can probably carry a 200-pound man out of the woods. That's, That's funny. All. I've never had a conversation about whether or not women should be in the military based on whether or not they can carry a man on their back. Well, because in times, in, in times of war, like you, yeah. you have to be physically pretty badass. And yeah. I think that women are. Yeah. And we are capable of doing that. I don't know that I've always thought that. Not that I don't think that women are capable and can be strong. I just, I mean, men are just physically stronger than us. If you, if and you're I both working out. it just depends on the man. Like, I meet all sorts of teeny men. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> Who couldn't carry me out of the woods if they, you know. I don't know that that's true. I think Richard could carry both of us. At one time? No. Oh. That would that would be more than <laughs> epic. I mean, you're very thin, <laughs> but right. I don't think that you and I combined weigh 200 pounds. These women um, uh, were in 60 mile per hour winds and temperatures as low as 40 degrees below zero. It's Fahrenheit. nuts. Like what the h? It's I would so love insane. to meet. The, I mean, these women are. Can we get one on the podcast? Because they're fucking badass. They'd be like you bitches sitting in that warm, cozy white room. <laughs> With your Bloody Marys and your foofy hair. Everybody has different kinds of strengths. <laughs> They're not all physical. <laughs> Some people just have the strength of the cutting, biting tongue. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, good for those women. And, you know, I, I, I hope that the conversation about what women and men can do continues to get more and more blurred all the time because that seems like a good thing. We're all equal. We all bleed red. We do. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're all equal. We're not professionally equal just yet, as is described in the next. That's correct. But there, there's a we're getting we're getting there. You're professionally equal to your partner. Um, you don't feel yeah, really. Anything. He owns more than the business than I do. It was. But he started it. Yeah, it's okay. true. But professionally equal would be. Yeah. Described differently. Um, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. So in this week's segment the button the button exclamation mark the button um it's it was um a fitting fit for us because it it's about the giant mayor's race in chicago that's going to be happening in 2019 um and for those of you that don't know Rahm Emanuel is the sitting mayor of the city of chicago um the state of illinois and the city of chicago have a long history of dysfunctional politics um basically this the the this, the state's been bankrupt for, like, a long time because the state legislature wasn't passing any, like, any budget um, appropriations anywhere. So there was everything was all clogged up. In fact, for a long time, if you won the lottery in the state of Illinois, there was no money to pay you with. 
Like, because everything was all stopped up. Wow. Which feels crazy. Why would you keep playing the lottery if you couldn't get any money from winning the lottery? This story, which is super interesting, because Chicago is a pretty liberal city. Like, you would think all the politics— Illinois is not a liberal state. That is the— No, but Cook County is super liberal. Yep. So when you start talking about the the mayor of Chicago and the, you know, the Cook County board president and— the writer from the Chicago Daily, which, you know. Who's supposed- super sexist, turns out. Right. But you would think as a liberal, they would not be sexist. This is just my moment to make fun of Democrats. Sorry. <laughs> it's fucking Thanksgiving week. I get to make fun of them at some point. You're right. That's the purpose of Thanksgiving, just to find opportunities <laughs> to make people feel bad. No, the everybody lovely, know the, the purpose. Of, byproduct. Everybody knows the purpose of Thanksgiving is fuck <laughs> Um, So there's this giant mayor's race of which tons of people are running, but including more women than have ever run before. I think there's five, yep, five female candidates, and they're all super impressive, big backgrounds. They're very diverse. The first ever Latina woman's running, the first ever African-American woman's running. Um, And this was an article um, in the Chicago Sun-Times where the... The author, Laura Washington, just says like some weirdly – or was it her that said the sex no, stuff? She no, wasn't. she wasn't. It, was it was the guy from – It was the guy, yeah. The Chicago's Daily – well, the lead columnist at the Chicago's Other Daily. Yeah. Um, who, who said crazy stuff about one particular woman whose name is um, Susanna, Susanna, Susanna Men- Mendoza. Yeah. yeah. Who has been in the party for a long time, like in the um, – in the machine elements of the party and had has male mentors or sort of male right. um, and ha- is now sort of not not only not she's not getting any of the benefit of the having inherited any of the strengths of those right. men. What she's getting is like affixed with their shit. Bullshit. So Bullshit. so this particular columnist said that Mendoza is a creation and the political daughter of her political daddies, Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan and Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Like, what the fuck? Like, to portray an accomplished, savvy woman with t- 20 years in politics as a Frankenstein monster love child of two men is as sexist as it gets, yeah. which is what Laura Washington wrote. Right. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's this bizarre sensation that all of a sudden you take so you take take away any of the restrictions of being careful when talking about women and just another version of sexism rears its ugly head right like there was probably a time when there was a nervousness about saying anything about a female candidate you know like we sort of a fear of pissing anyone off or like you you know you have to treat treat a female candidate with kid gloves or whatever that is but all of a sudden the alternative is Taking off all the filters, and then your sexism sort of just exacerbates into like dicky sexism, right? Which... So they're they're comparing her twenty year career to that of two men. You know, I mean, it's very similar to the Olympics, and I can't remember what year it was. I feel like it was not that long ago, and I can't even remember the the female swimmer that was just ridiculous, and she crushed everybody and kicked everybody's ass, and the announcers were like, "God, she swims like a man." <laughs> no, like what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, like, and I. I realized they were, they were trying to compliment her in that they were trying to say, like, holy shit, she's really fast. She whatever. Yeah. Because men are probably faster. Like if Michael Phelps swam against her, he's probably going to beat her. Yeah, my, I think it, for Michael Phelps, it's less about his gender and more about that he's like a swimming robot. Like, he, right. you know, I think that he's the, a he's fish. A, yeah. Particularly right. unique characteristics for that 
for that town. But I think we have to stop saying that, you know, this woman is so great because she does acts like a man. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, it, it just rubs me the wrong way. Last week, at the end of the week, um, my client, Kendra Horn, who's the congresswoman-elect from Oklahoma, was in town for orientation. And she was speaking on a panel at a Target Smart conven- um, conference, which was great. She was. It was her and another congressman-elect from um, New Jersey, Jeff Van Dern. And um, and the point of the panel was for them to talk about how they flipped tough districts. And Kendra told her story about inclusion and bringing in members of the community that felt they hadn't had a voice in the process and coalition building, just exactly who she is. And the congressman talked a bunch about his stuff, too, but kept referring to Kendra as she and her, what she said, her race, as opposed to Congresswoman or Kendra or anything like that, which, you know, irked me a little bit, but was not sort of the end of the world. And then at the end, they were wrapping up and and he said, you know, what the amazing thing is, if is if people like her can do this and win this, there's hope for all of us. And you're just like, that is so like dismissive. I feel like there is still this whole element of comparing women to men and being dismissive of Well, but did she uh, refer but did she refer to him as he or him? No, as the congressman or Jeff, you know, used his name. So maybe he was just kind of uh, yeah, I I don't think I think that there is an element of making an effort to be to be inclusive in your language and your actions to people of diverse identities, so women or people of color or from different parts of the country as you and I think that there is you know, some of this stuff in Chicago and some of this stuff that's happening is things have been a certain way for so long that now that they're changing, like the learning curve is pretty steep. And I, I don't find people yet to be ha- being doing a good job learning it. I wonder if it had been a man on the panel with him, if he would have referred to him as a congressman and or or if know. he would have referred to him as he or him. I feel I like know. that's not a controlled experiment. Well, no, it's anecdotal. <laughs> it's 100% anecdotal, Miss Data Queen. But yes, I think that it's, um, I think in places like Chicago, where they're used to only ever seeing a man in the mayor's office, or here in Washington, where for the first time, you know, there's this influx of women, and not only just women, women of color, there's going to have to be an effort to change the way you exist, where you, the way you share space. Yeah, you need to get to on the respectful. Chicago race. Let's well, get Susanna Mendoza elected. <laughs> There is a lot of consultants trying to get in on those races. I have been in on conversations. But already there's been like two or three women that have been in and dropped out of the race. Because it just it's too It's wild. Yeah. yeah. It's wild there. And you need all you need to raise a lot of money. Right. It's an expensive race. Is it like running for New York mayor? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um you need to raise ten, fifteen million <sighs> wow. to do it, especially when in a crowded environment that's, like this. That's bigger than a Senate race. Depends on where. Right. But yeah. 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 I mean, I think that there – if there weren't as many people, I would say it wouldn't be that – and and I'm sure some people will do a good job with half that. But yeah, my, my guess is the winner. I mean, the Illinois governor's race that just finished this last cycle, um, I think he was all in at like $60 million or something. Pritz, um, Governor Pritz, Pritz, Pritzer, Pritzker, right. whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so everybody keep your eye. I mean, that'll be the interesting thing about 19. There's not a huge amount of races, but the ones that there are will I'll be sort of get a, get, be, be like a bellwether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About whether it's a pushback from the blue wave or, um, you know, we're going to hit 40 seats. The Democrats are going to hit 40 seats. Oh, really? Yeah. What did I say? 35? 
32. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Close. So look at that. Yeah. Um, okay. This next thing, Tracy found, is... Tracy found like my spirit animal of <laughs> newspaper art or news articles. Um, mostly cause it's a, it's around stress and anxiety, which is things that I have a real, uh, I have a real relationship with. Um, all right. Set us up, Trace. This is like your favorite thing. I figured you were going to go. Oh, I can. I mean, I I can do it. So, so the New York Times basically wrote that there is a stress gap between men and women, <laughs> meaning that women stress way there's a, more. There's an everything fucking gra- gap between men and women. Uh, no, I thought we were equal. No, we're not equal. I keep saying but that. But you over keep and saying over we again. are equal. So but then, why would there be a gap? I if keep we're saying equal? we should be equal. I think that you don't listen when I talk, Tracy. Deeds. I do listen. I just <laughs> like to give you a hard time. <laughs> So the interesting thing about this whole article, and I'll let Kelly get into the specifics because it's all very, oh very God. meaningful to her, so is that women just in general stress more about day-to-day things. We internalize stress more about other people. Like if somebody else is in charge and they fuck up, like we take the blame for it. We internalize the stress based off that. Um, so it's a little – I mean – feel like we should just drink more. Yeah. So th- the article really goes through a lot of different categories of where there's st- the, the stress gap exists. Um, the one of the main characters in the in the article is a woman who lives in Silicon Valley and is an, a developer of apps and sort of poured herself into her work and really was like at the top of her game and then met met somebody she wanted to have a family with and had kids. And when all that ex- happened, she realized that she couldn't be everything to everybody, which created a lot of stress for her, which you're like, hello, yes, that's a real thing. So there is like – We can't do it all. Right. So there is the beginning, especially from the lens of a working mother. That's where I'm sort of – a working mother in a management position. That's sort of like where I'm sort of feeling this article. So there's just the general sort of overarching stress of not being able to be everything to everybody. And then there's like different elements of that stress, right? Even if you're in a – and I was talking to my husband. We had dinner out last night, just he and me. And I was talking to him. I said, for me, even though my marriage is one where home duties are shared and I know that things will get done because even though we do them, he and I do them differently, they'll get done because that's the marriage we have. I still feel stress about home duties, even though I'm not in the kind of marriage where I have to do all my work duties and home duties. And there's still a lot of women that are in that space that contribute more at home than their husbands, even though they're a two-working family, two-working parent family. So there's that element, this feeling like you're always like there's always shit to do at home that you're not getting done, and that creates stress. And but do you? Is it because you're actually not getting it done, or is it because he's getting it done and you feel guilty that he got it done and you didn't get it done? All the things. Yeah. All the things. So I, I stress, stress about all the things. So I stress about. Uh, the fact that my husband bears probably 75 to 80 percent of, like, child care, home stuff, all of that. Because I travel. I'm in D.C. late for meetings. Like, he is the one that is home by 3 o'clock when the kids get off the bus. And he always says, like, listen, I got it. It's fine. It's yeah. not a big deal. Like, I can work at home. I can be home at 3. It's not a big deal. But I freak out. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the worst. I'm the worst wife ever. Like, I'm dumping all this on him. Because there's these, still these sorts, these societal norms. So that's a big thing in the article, too. The world tells women, and you love when I say stuff like that, who's the world? There, there is Twitter is not me- the fucking world. <laughs> there are messages and there is expectation and there's cultural norms that create this perception that women are the ones that are the home people, that we 
we are better, you know, we can't see my fingers, but quote unquote better with the kids and cooking and all that shit. Depends on the woman. Just because we have vaginas. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this sort of cultural stress about doing that, um, which is which is super interesting. And then so that's sort of like the home bucket of this of this article. And then you take that to the work bucket and it's it's a whole different kind of stress than men. So the article points out, and this is something I really need to hear from a third-party source, but um, that women just generally internalize stress based on the stress of their team much more than men. So women more than men care about the needs, feelings, emotions, whatever, moods of the people around them that they work with or for, hence creating a spectrum of stress in their own life. And at least on the average, men don't have that same reality. But because I think that women genetically, evolutionarily, are the nurturers, right? Like men were the hunters and gatherers. We were the nurturers. So did I just say in nurturers? Jesus. Have another Bloody Mary. The nurturers. Yeah. And I think that's still okay. We just have to learn to deal with it better. (laughs) Right. So then there's like... um, Emotional labor. Hum- hum- humorously, the woman that was the workaholic, that was the app developer, her um, her remedy for herself was to develop an app for women for self-care. And I was like, that bitch took her stress and turned it into a business. That's what <laughs> I need to do. But um, but that there's really easy solutions. And and they pointed out that self-care, quote-unquote self-care, is one of them. Which, which we talk about all the, the time. The therapist quote in this is just starts with um, sleep, exercise, and diet. And she was like, the other thing that women put on themselves is when they say self-care or when they need some time alone to recoup or do these things, all of a sudden they're selfish because they're working all the time and they already don't have enough time for their family. And then they're removing themselves further from their family for self-care. And they said in the article, like, that's a first step. Don't consider that time selfish time. Consider that time important health, mental health time so you're better for your family. But have you ever met a woman who's like... The kids are all at home and it's the weekend I've been working all week and I'm just going to cruise over to the like to the spa by myself for a little bit without any guilt. So I feel like as I've gotten older, that's gotten easier. Yeah. And I think you'll see that. Like when you turn the 40, these kids are more self-sufficient. Like when you turn 40, you also just give fewer fucks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, tells me. 40 is like a magical year it is. where it's like the like, world treats you better and you care less. Yeah. It's like a really magical It's pretty time. awesome. Yeah. Um, but so so that's. That's one thing. And also finding places where you can react with space and time to how you're feeling. Think about how you're feeling. Come up with personal remedies for how you're feeling to start to alleviate some of that stress, which I have found to be quite effective. Um, You know, there was a time I started working with the therapist when all of it got too much. And there was just I was not giving I was internalizing everything so much and feeling so stressed about everything that I was starting to make myself sick. Right. I was couldn't That's... sleep and I was freezing cold all the time and all my hormones were all over the place. Um, and she was like, "You're this is really, really bad. Like you're going to get worse at all these things if you don't take a second. And um, in my world, it was creating creating myself an emotional bubble. And when I have when I'm in my bubble, nobody can get me. Right. Well, the other thing, too, is know what sets you off. Right. Like, so know so what kind things. of things. I know. So, so for me, like having a totally messy, disorganized house makes me nuts. So yeah. like when there's shit all over the island, like kids, papers, like there's just no organization. I feel out of control. Yeah. Like when all that's picked up, even if the shit is literally just put into one little pile. pile yeah. I feel better. Yeah. 
even if I don't know, like there's shit I need to go through and figure it out, I feel better. Like I can't. We did that last night. I probably have some of that too. Like there can't just, yeah, I have some of that too. And it's funny because before I met my husband, like my apartment was (laughs) insane. Like Naomi and I, like there were just stuff everywhere. She was in law school. You know, I was working at the AAPC at the time as the executive director. And like there's just crap everywhere. And we had all of our liquor on a table, like when you walked in, (laughs) clothes everywhere because I didn't have enough closet space because we were in a little apartment. Well, also you had a lot less responsibility at the time, so less stress trigger. You think, but, well, true. I mean, I was still very, I mean, I would say on some levels, I probably had more stress then than I do now because I just, there's so many unknowns, right? Like, I didn't know, was I going to get married? Did I want to get married? Was I going to have kids? Like, we're, like, am I going to ever make more money? Like, what's going to happen? Would, yeah. So all of that stuff in your 20s that you have, too. Yeah. I never really had any of that. You know, one thing that I have that I can really count on in my life is ambition. Like, I I never worry about whether or not I can work harder to go farther. Th- there are details along the way about how does that really play out. But I am definitely a, a, a detail stressor and not, like, a macro stressor, you know, like, we're traveling today, and I, at dinner last night, I said to Caleb, I'm like, we need a plan. Like, what time are we leaving? Who's picking up the boys? Or when are we packing? What bags are you packing in? When are we, like, wheels up out of the house? How's it going to go when we get to the garage? Like, really, really specifics to start to t- bring some of that down. But that's a tool in the toolkit to try to make sure that you don't sort of all these little shit and little shit in your life doesn't make you a lunatic. Yeah. I'd prefer not to be less lunatic-y. More fun. Organization. I think it's all about organization. Yeah. I'm not a naturally organized person, though. I don't have, like, naturally organized abilities. I don't either. Again, if you saw my apartment, (laughs) you would have been like, holy crap, what happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. My husband made me more organized because he is. Are your children organized? So one, yeah. So Addison would, after every dance competition, come home and completely unpack her dream duffel. Her dream duffel is like this massive (laughs) bag that has like wheels and you roll it and you can pull up a little, um, like a little rack to like hang on your costumes. And she has a hundred costumes. I don't know. She had like 15 costumes. She'd come home, unpack everything. I'd wash her tights. She'd roll her tights back up and put everything in like every little compartment uh-huh. and hang it back up so that it was like perfect and make sure she had everything for the next competition. That's responsible right there. It is. It's yeah. crazy. She's a little responsible. And Charlie used to be the clean one and now she's just crap. <laughs> Charlie just makes stuff up. Yeah. Like my just... children don't give a fuck, but maybe it'll come with time. So I think that the takeaway is don't try to be less stressed because that just makes you more stressed, but try to recognize what creates your stress and come up with personal remedies to reduce that. You can do it, people. If I yeah. can do it, anybody can right. do it. And always have a prescription of Xanax in your bag just in case. So I don't have that. Yeah. kind of wish I did. Well, my my GP was like, you don't have to take it very much, but she's like, just knowing it, that it's in there will start to calm you down. My GP. Knowing you have a tool. My general practitioner was like, bitch, you need to go run. <laughs> Well, that too. It's not just one solution. She's like, just work Mult- out. You're fine. You don't need Xanax. Just work out. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> anyway. Well, we hope that you guys all have a really great Thanksgiving. And um, thank you for listening to us this past year. 51 episodes wow. we've done. So we're grateful for you all. We're are we, we're we in like a full year now because we started in October yeah, last year. Yeah, a little Look over a year. That. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Bring it. I love you more. 2019. I, I didn't think <laughs> I could possibly love you anymore, and I do. We just know each other so well now. I know. It's also oh, Thanks so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty. Thanks for listening. And subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you hear podcasts. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. See you next week. 